0: This is Faye Hartman, and you're listening to We Are Rivers, conversations about the rivers that connect us, a podcast series brought to you by American Rivers. Across the country, cities and towns are rallying around forgotten areas in their communities, including rivers, creeks, open spaces, and community parks. These areas are being rehabilitated and restored, so both locals and tourists alike can enjoy the many benefits that they provide. City parks, open space, and rivers improve physical and psychological health. It strengthens our communities and makes our cities, towns, and neighborhoods more attractive places to live and work. Many different studies have illustrated the multiple benefits, including the social, environmental, economic, and health benefits that parks bring to communities. In Austin, Texas, community members in East Austin came together to restore a forgotten tract of land, what has become the Little Walnut Creek Greenbelt. Join us today to learn about the community driven process to undertake a master planning effort and create a new vision for this important park.
1: My name is Andrea Harrington. And I first heard about this park um, because my husband took my son to a park cleanup that the Neighborhood Association had um, organized. We'd lived in this neighborhood for, you know, probably 10 years prior to that. And I had no idea that that we had this park um, (laughs) within walking distance. It just... Um, seems like a big piece of land that was eventually going to be developed. Um, and so there wasn't very much awareness in the community that this park was here. And, um, you know, I was interested in, um, in doing some volunteer work and helping out. And so um, through the Pecan Springs Springdale Neighborhood Association, which we shortened to PSSNA because it's a mouthful. Um, we partnered with the city of Austin in, a, in a, a program that they have called the Adopt-a-Park program that allows community groups and community members to become um, park adopters. And so we commit to doing park cleanups and to um, being stewards and advocates for our, our parks that we've adopted. The Little Walnut Creek Park um, is actually a really a significant piece of acreage located in East Austin. Um, East Austin is primarily composed of uh, communities of color. And um, unfortunately, this park had not been, I mean, there weren't even signs that were along the perimeter of the park stating that this was parkland. Um, Little Walnut Creek is an urban um, creek, and it feed, it goes through Austin from kind of northwest Austin. It crosses over to the east side and then drains down south um, towards the, the Colorado River. Um, there has been some trails that have been developed that are hike and bike trails that run along the park, but there really wasn't anything that was developed on um, the west side of 183 where this, this acreage is located in the in the you know five years or so since we've been working on this project um, as I mentioned there's been a lot of, of construction uh, and, and building up in this development in this part of Austin there have been parks that have been developed that have um, you know, kind of wide walking trails that have playgrounds that have um, those kinds of amenities. Um, But there isn't a wild place um, in this part of Austin that people can really go and visit and go for a hike and really feel like they're in nature. And that was something that um, was really important to preserve about this, this piece of property. And that wasn't just something that we felt was important. When we did the community engagement, that was something that, that the community at large felt was really important, was to maintain the wildness of the park and, and really have a place where you could feel like you were, uh, you were in nature, you were out of the city.
0: Andrea lives in East Austin. She volunteers with the Pecan Springs Springdale Neighborhood Association, and she played a crucial role in the Little Walnut Creek master planning process and continues to be an advocate for its implementation today. Additionally, she's an attorney, a mom, and chair of the Neighborhood Association's Parks Committee. Her relationship with the Greenbelt started with a park cleanup that the Neighborhood Association hosted a few years back. Similar to Andrea's connection, these cleanups were a launching point for many individuals in the neighborhood surrounding the Little Walnut Creek Greenbelt. Community members saw an opportunity to improve their local community and develop a safe area for residents to enjoy.
1: We just really wanted to have amenities. I mean, there were when we first started, most people, one, didn't know that this was a park. As we tried to figure out how to get the city to provide amenities um, that you would think of in a, in a park that would stay wild. So for example, signage, trailheads, maybe a bathroom, some trash cans. And, and because Texas is so hot, some water fountains would be really important. We realized that, that um, you know, we just didn't have any idea how to navigate this process. And so one of the first things that we became aware of was that the land, although it had been purchased by the city for park to be a park, it was zoned for development. And so the first thing we had to do was to work with our city council member um, who was really supportive and helpful um, to get the park rezoned so that it would be zoned as parkland, um, and that was a, a big lesson, a civics lesson for all of us as <laughs> to how to navigate that whole process, um, and then once it was zoned for parkland, then we were informed that a master plan was required in order to have any kind of work done on that on the, the parkland, which led us to the obvious question to everyone who's not working in city government, which is what is a master plan? You know, we had to figure out what that meant. um, And we were steered in the direction um, of a design firm called Asacora Robinson. And they have a program where they will um, partner with community groups and they will do the design work for the, and create the master plan as the Cora Robinson actually did the master plan they had worked um, on city projects before so they were familiar with what the city would require in order for the city to approve the master plan and one of the things that was required was community engagement which is um, where the National Park Service and Hebron and Justin Bates came in um, with the National Park Service River Trails and Conservation Assistance Program. In order for the city to approve the master plan, it has to have the feedback and the input of the entire community, not just, you know, a couple of people who are really interested in this process. It has to be a fully inclusive, um, process and um, with those two uh, partners National Park Service and as the Corps Robinson they were really instrumental in guiding us um, to the work that needed to be done to have a master plan created that was going to fulfill all of the city requirements to be adopted and eventually implemented
0: as Andrea mentioned The Little Walnut Creek Greenbelt Master Plan effort was initiated by area residents. However, a number of other entities were also involved in the steering committee and in the process as a whole. Each of these entities played an important role in the process of developing the master plan. One of the most essential components was community engagement. This part of the process was led by the National Park Service's Rivers, Trails, and Conservation Assistance Program. My
2: name is Gibran Luluzado. I work for the National Park Service, Rivers, Trails, and Conservation Assistance Program. Um, And I work out at a field office in Austin, Texas, So the Little Walnut Creek Greenbelt encompasses 206 acres of largely undeveloped land near the intersection of 51st Street and U.S. Highway 183 in East Austin. Um, And because of its undeveloped state, it's used um, as an informal park. There are lots of social trails through it. There's lots of kind of self build biking trails through it. It's a popular mountain biking destination. Um, And the local community really wanted to develop a master plan for it. Um, It's currently owned by the City of Austin's Parks and Recreation Department. So they were planning on creating a master plan for it eventually, but it was definitely on the back burner with so many other projects going on. Um, And this effort really was able to create a master plan in about a year by leveraging resources um, such as help from a local landscape architecture firm, um, the National Park Service, and other area organizations.
0: DeBron works for the National Park Service's Rivers, Trails, and Conservation Assistance Program. One of the most important aspects of RTCA's involvement was to assist with community outreach and engagement.
2: So um, Little Walnut Creek Greenbelt is in Far East Austin, and East Austin is definitely historically the underserved part of the city. Um, We were trying to really hear from the diversity of voices there. Um, The park is surrounded by white, African-American, and Latinx neighborhoods. Um, So through the steering committee, we were trying to brainstorm exactly who and how we should hear from um so the first thing we did is we did a demographic analysis and found out exactly who lives around the park and um, even what languages they prefer and from there we sort of tailored the um, public engagement process to hear from those communities um, and other than the immediate neighbors i should say Um, We also wanted to hear from people around the city. Because the park is so large, it's uh, 206 acres, there's probably going to be a lot of folks from outside the neighborhood that go and use it, um, including mountain bikers, um, even folks just looking to go um, and explore new trails. Um, So we did um, reach out to different organizations um, and mountain biking clubs um, as well as disc golfers around the city to hear what their needs and wants are.
0: Community engagement is always important when developing master plans, especially when there's many different community members and neighborhoods that surround and utilize the park area.
2: So the Little Walnut Creek Corridor is really tight in place and it's sort of heavily urbanized, especially north of the Little Walnut Creek Greenbelt, and it's surrounded by four large neighborhoods. So to the um, west, you have largely um, middle-income, white, and Latinx neighborhood. To the south, you have predominantly African-American neighborhoods. And then to the east, you have um, Latinx and Hispanic neighborhoods, um, that are largely spanish-speaking so definitely three or four very different diverse audiences surrounding the greenbelt. one of the neighborhood associations just to the west of the park is pecan springs springdale neighborhood association and they've been wanting to improve this park for a while a lot of the neighbors think Because there is no signage or official trails or lighting in the park, it's kind of a scary place to go to, or it sort of feels like trespassing almost because it's not official public use. Um, So they want to create a park plan that would invite um, their side of the neighborhood and all of the neighborhoods surrounding the park to really come and explore and utilize the space as well as put in some improvements like a dog park or playgrounds um, that would allow for wider use of the park.
0: Engaging the surrounding communities and users of the park was a key component of the process. Members of the steering committee wanted to hear from everyone in the greater community to understand what was important to them in a park and what their vision was for Little Walnut Creek.
1: They were at Mountain biking groups had been using the park, hiking groups had been using the park, you know, there were trail runners that had been using the park and had informally mapped out the existing uh, trails that, that were in the park, some of which um, are great trails and some of which, because of the way they go up and down hills, um, we were told should probably be allowed to grow in. Um, so it was really interesting to talk to people and to uh, to really see that that we weren't the only people who um, you know were invested in this park and cared about this park and it was also really great to raise awareness uh, in the community at large that this was a a large piece of acreage that belonged to us as a community and that we needed to step up and um you know and demand resources for it and and show that as a community we wanted this park and this creek to be protected and to be um to to really be an asset to the community
0: as you can hear from andrea a lot of different recreational activities occur in the little walnut creek corridor to ensure the voices of the local community were heard, the steering committee took a really innovative approach to engagement.
2: Originally, we were planning on holding three public engagement meetings, probably at a library or at um, the Texas Education Agency's Educational Service Center out there. But um, after doing that deep dive into the demographics of the area, we really ended up switching our engagement strategy to include more community meeting spaces. Um, So we ended up meeting at a recreation center out there whose patrons are predominantly African-American and at the Con Springs Elementary School whose students and parents are predominantly Latinx or Hispanic. we created a survey that was available in Spanish and English. Um, and we did hear that some folks weren't as comfortable responding to an online survey, so we also had self-serve feedback and survey stations at a local library that were available in Spanish and English. And we did get some good responses from those predominantly in Spanish, actually. So. It, it was actually useful to have them throughout the whole process. Um, we thought we would only use them for the survey, but after the survey window closed and the public engagement meetings began, we actually transitioned those stations um, to be sort of um, an after-meeting feedback um, where we would post the results from the meeting and folks who weren't able to come to that meeting or who had additional comments were able to go and write those and you know put them in a little ballot box
0: the various methods the steering committee used to solicit feedback whether it was a public meeting an online survey or information provided at one of the booths in the public library their efforts paid off they met the community members where they were at and where it was most convenient for them to participate in the planning process Because of these different innovative tactics, the steering committee received tremendous feedback from different members of the surrounding community. Not only were there suggestions and requests for better lighting for playgrounds, bathrooms, and trails, but there was also an understanding from the community about the importance of protecting the wildness of the park, particularly the area surrounding the stream corridor.
2: River Health was central from the beginning, but we didn't expect it to be as big of a community priority. Um, so the Parks and Recreation Department, which owns this piece of property, there um, their different properties throughout the city um, as neighbourhood parks or metropolitan parks or green belts, and some of them are you know, meant to distinguish the communities they serve. So neighbourhood parks are more for the immediate local neighbours. And metropolitan parks are definitely a regional draw where people from all over the city and even outside the city come and you know, get on the trails or go fishing or go camping. They're definitely sort of the large premier parks. Um, Little Walnut Creek is classified as a green belt, which means the goal is to protect sensitive resources while also serving as a recreational destination. But um, like I said, we didn't expect the community members to prioritize conservation as highly as they did. And we were surprised when those first surveys came back and um, folks definitely identified protecting the creek and keeping um, sedimentation, you know, at an acceptable level and keeping trails away from Little Walnut Creek so that not too much litter or runoff or um, dog excrement would be too close and affect the water quality. I I think that's what led us to really prioritize um, conservation buffer around the sensitive resources in the area and really make that a, a key priority in the master plan.
0: Based on the feedback and recommendations from the local community, the steering committee developed a plan making the park safer, enhancing existing recreational uses while still protecting the important natural systems of the park. The master plan divided the Greenbelt into three different zones, encouraging various levels of human interaction and engagement from more active, like trails and areas to run and play, to more passive areas.
2: So the big concept that we ended up coming with was just different zones of intensity. Um, so there was zone one, zone two, and zone three. And um, zone one has sort of the most intensive use. Um, it's got the playground, got the dog parks. Um, and that was really placed just sort of around the edge of the park, right along the street so that people can see that it's a park and that helps combat that, um, sort of perception that folks in the neighborhood have about it not being public land or not being a really inviting park. Um, And then zone two is sort of medium intensity and that's got like the smaller trails and the little um, mountain bike areas and areas that sort of play better with um, more sensitive resources and you don't have a ton of people running through there or a ton of pets in the area. And then Zone 3 is really um, set aside for ecosystem services and nature um, and restoration areas. So that's um, the buffer zone around the creek and some, um, some sensitive resources that were identified along the ravines and the hills of the park. And I think I'm most proud of um, the way ecosystem services and conservation were integrated into the plan. I think a lot of the times there's this conflict between human impact and human use and conservation. And in a lot of our projects and plans, the two really don't play well together, um, especially when it's a smaller area. You know, this is a 206 acre area, so I do feel like we were able to integrate those two and um, set aside some areas um, for nature and for conservation that won't get too much human use or impact.
0: Breaking up the Little Walnut Creek Greenbelt into zones gives recreators an opportunity to enjoy and appreciate the different areas of the park while still protecting the sensitive natural areas. Zone 3, which is the most passive area, protects critical ecosystem surfaces and provides a wild landscape within an otherwise urban area.
1: It's important to have a space that is still wildlife habitat, that still has trees. Um, and so that that piece of it is important. And I am not, um, you know, super well versed on this, but I do know that in, you know, especially in terms of keeping urban areas cool, trees matter. Green space matters, um, and so that's another piece that's really important. Um, and then the the creek itself um, there it's hev- it's a heavily wooded park, um, and the creek itself is not very accessible from the parkland, which is is good because that maintains kind of the integrity of these really steep banks. Um we don't want erosion on those banks. We wanted the water to be, be contained to be able to flow freely through the creek bed. Um, it's just um it's just an important part of our of our ecosystem here, um, even if it's not a place for people to recreate in the water, but it is a place that people can hike um, the wild parts of the park, which is really on the interior. The topography is really steep, which is why trail runners have been using it and mountain bikers have been using it um, and hikers have been using it because it is challenging terrain um, and it is – it's definitely less um, tamed than some of the other park amenities we have in our area. We were really excited and proud when the master plan was completed and went before the, the parks board and the city council and was, was approved and adopted. Um, and it has been a you know, a, a multi-year journey, but we are still working to um, to, to pursue the process and, and uh, continue um, with the vision and the master plan to have all of the amenities that were envisioned in the master plan implemented.
0: The speed at which the master plan was approved is pretty much unheard of. Gibran associates the success with the significant community engagement and buy-in that the steering committee solicited as a part of the plan development.
2: The plan was finalized in late 2018, and we sort of expected it to maybe take a while to be approved by the Parks Board and then the City Council, but um, they were really blown away by all of the public engagement work that we did, um, all of the feedback that was incorporated into the final master plan. And, of course, um, they were assuaged by the participation of the Parks and Recreation Department in the whole process. So it was approved right away as soon as it went to the Parks Board. We were surprised by that. Um, we were really happy about it. Um, and then later on in 2018, it actually received an award from the Texas chapter of the American Planning Association for a successful grassroots initiative. Um, so it got a gold APA award for engaging the local community.
0: Now that the plan is approved, implementation has begun. Here's Andrea on what's happening on the ground.
1: We are, we are so excited for this to to come to fruition at some point. I mean, the, the cost to fully implement the master plan is is really pretty big, but um, we feel like we can do it in, in pieces um, and, and really be able to open up the park for people to enjoy safely. The place where we're starting um, is to get an entrance to the park. Right. Someplace where you can gather to go into the park, which currently doesn't exist at this at this point. The access to the park is is there's no um, there's no area for people to park their vehicles and access the park, and so you can only walk there. It's difficult to get to. So we want it. We want to start with just access points. Um, there is signage, so people know that the the parcel is a city of Austin Parkland. But again, we're working from what was a completely undeveloped piece of property um, to something that's usable for the public.
0: Persistence, patience, and perseverance was and is essential to both the development and the implementation of the Little Walnut Creek Greenbelt Master Plan.
1: I would say to have patience. Um this takes a really long time to do um, and and it does take persistence, patience, and perseverance it was um it was really a, a, a big learning curve. It was really interesting to learn how um, the process worked um to learn about the design issues um, and and to really see what the community had to say about what they wanted to
0: see in the park. Gibran agrees that community engagement was essential to the success of the plan and what makes it so special.
2: Um, I think there are two key points to consider that I learned through this process as well. Um, And one of them is really knowing the community um, and the folks that you want to hear from during the public engagement phase. So I've had other projects where Um, You know, we get started and we hear from enough people to have a statistically significant sample, but maybe not really a cross-section of um, the folks or the demographics of a city. And I think um, in some cases it's largely just been because we haven't done the demographic deep dive or the research to plan out exactly who we need to hear from. Um, and in this case, we did, and I think um, the results spoke for themselves, and we were able to um, really hear from a wide group of people. Um, so that's one thing. Um, and the second would be leveraging resources. I think that's something that the Neighborhood Association did really well. Um, but it was just, you know, a really synergetic partnership. Um, that's something that I would advise anyone who's trying to pull together a master plan to look into. Sort of not just one organization that you can work with, but multiple organizations that might be able to partner and um, work together to produce an even better product.
0: Connecting with and engaging a local community to protect and restore waterways parks, and open space is something we all can and should get behind. By inviting all voices to the table and understanding the needs of the local community, we can provide safe, equitable access for everyone to enjoy. These parks, green belts, and waterways have lasting impacts for everyone in the community today and in the future.
1: I'm glad to have the opportunity to talk about the work we've done on the green belt and, and I guess to really encourage people to, to, you know, if they're interested in this kind of work to, to, to dive into it, but knowing that it's not fast, this isn't a fast thing. Um, it's, it is a, it's a long process. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of the idea of you know, you, you plant a tree, not so that you sit in its shade, but so that somebody else will <laughs> someday. <laughs> and so I think that as this process is completed in the coming years, there will be um, a lot of value that, that the, the community will get out of this park that, um, that will last for a really long time.
0: Thank you for listening to We Are Rivers, conversations about the rivers and the water that connects us. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to rate and comment. Thank you to our interviewees today, Gibran and Andrea. If you want to learn more about the Little Walnut Creek Greenbelt, you can check them out on Facebook. And you can learn more about the technical assistance that the Rivers, Trails, and Conservation Assistance Program provides at www.nps.org backslash r-t-c-a. This episode was written and produced by Faye Hartman. With support from American Rivers and the National Park Service's RTCA staff. If you want to learn more about American Rivers, you can find us on the web at www.americanrivers.org.